It's been a minute. Welcome back. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the pleb sites. Joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner who we met at the Miami conference and the CEO of TrueVote. I'm talking about Brett Morrison. Brett, thank you so much for joining us on the show. What's up, Phil? What's up, Nico? All right, we are good. We are back and we are diving into the numbers, Nico. Let's do it. Number time. Brought to you by Noddle. They make some of the best Bitcoin nodes like the Noddle Dojo. This one's in red. The red one is faster. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core and the Lightning Network all in the comfort of your own home. Remember, guys, if you don't run your own Bitcoin node, you're using someone else's. That's a big no-no for privacy. So get yourself a Noddle Bitcoin node today. At the time of this recording, the block height is 737,753. The Bitcoin price, 29,230. Chain rewrite day, 750. Total public Lightning capacity. We are getting close to that 4K, 3,890. 8.40 BTC, Moscow time, 34.21, blocks to the halvening, 102,247, and the Samurai Whirlpool unspent capacity. Samurai Whirlpool is a coin join or collaborative spend. It is not a mixing service, and the unspent capacity from that pool is 4,774.03. Nico, it's like we never left the numbers. <laughs> it's it's like we never left them, dude. And this is why we are big advocates for DCA, man. Look, in the weeks that it goes up, that goes sideways, all you should worry about is do I have on this day more Bitcoin than I had the day before? And there's a reason that I said that, right? There's a reason that we're big advocates for DCA. Uh, take a look at this chart by spoolie right it says don't look at all-time highs look at yearly lows and it really represents right what it is we're talking about right if you zoom out on bitcoin you'll understand the bigger picture it's not going to make a big deal whether you stacked at 29k whether you stacked at 35k whether you stacked at 40k whether you stacked at 25k the reason for that is bitcoin we believe is going into the hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars so is it really going to make a big difference right on where you stack the point is that you continuously stack and this is a really good representation of what we mean about don't look at the all-time highs and look at the yearly lows right 2012 bitcoin was four dollars the, the low was four dollars 2013 the low was 13 dollars. the low in 2014 was 300 the low in 2015 was 190 the low in 2016 was 360 the low in 2017 was 779 the low in 2018 was 3k 200 2019 3k 300 2020 5000 the low and 2021 was twenty eight thousand dollars right so that's what we mean anyways moving on check this out before i get your guys's thoughts this was this really shows why there really is no alternative, right? If you're in fiat money, specifically in you're in Europe, even though American central bankers, central bankers all over the world, they have no idea what they're doing. The only thing they know how to do is print money. And when they when they try to stop printing that money, it's catastrophic to the economy. So really, the only thing these people know is how to print money. Anyways, here is a video of Christine Lagarde, which is the head of which is convicted felon and the head of the European Central Bank. I love saying that together by the way that's true being questioned on dutch show 
college tour about crypto and the expansion of the ecb balance sheet right it looks like a lot of people are picking that up it looks like some people have been watching simply bitcoin and us pulling up that m2 chart and the and the fed balance sheet anyways let's see what her reaction was in this there is this graph about the balance sheet of the european central bank and the money that is on there now and here it is what i would like to uh, show our viewers and, and ask the question about is this is going over 8 billion euros now and isn't what you just told us about the cryptocurrencies don't we see a gigantic bubble here on your balance sheet with the euro and isn't this graph very nerve-wracking well, I can tell you that there is zero crypto assets in the balance sheet of the ECB. That I know. Uh, point number one. Well, I just don't want any ambiguity about it. Yeah. But you have to think in terms of counterfactual. If we had not decided on March 18th, when we put together the pandemic emergency program, and then subsequently increased the volume of commitment that we made to the European Union economies, we would be in a devastated situation. So I don't regret any of that move that we took on that day, which was four months into my job, to significantly increase the size of the balance sheet, because that's all we had. Yeah. Otherwise, the economy would have collapsed, and it would have been even accelerated by financial crisis. So, I'm not going to play you guys the whole thing. I'm going to focus on that, and perhaps we'll double back on her, on, you know, the, the second part of that response, perhaps tomorrow. So, this all goes back down to the idea of Keynesian economics and Austrian economics, right? So their idea, the idea of central banking is to soften the blow. And the way that they soften the blow is by they, they just flood the system with liquidity, also known as printing a crap ton of money. But she says, oh, it would have been catastrophic. But here's the thing. It was catastrophic for the lower and middle classes that don't have the wealth and the means to save in in assets that benefit from asset inflation. So, if you were the common the common Joe, right? You have gotten significantly poorer, and the wealthy, whether it's BlackRock, whether you know it's the top one percent, have benefited the most from all of this quote unquote stimulus. So when she's talking about softening the bone, it went devastating for the world economy. Us Austrian ec uh, ec economic uh, economists, whatever, I'm not really an economist, but the ones that believe in the Austrian school of, of economics, it would have been good because it would have flushed out the companies that, you know, that, that just weren't efficient enough, the companies that weren't good enough to survive that market cycle. And through that devastation, it would have created new companies. But what has happened really since 2008 is that the government gets to pick and choose what companies benefit from all this stimulus, right? And it's the little guy, right? It's the smaller guy that gets absolutely destroyed. Look, if you're a Zoomer or a Boomer, it's, you can't own a home. This is what I'm talking about. Why? Because of all this money printing. So when she's talking about, look, it would have been devastating for the economy. It would have been devastating for the world elites. It would have been devastating for the party of Davos. But for the little guy, yes, it would have, it would have sucked. It would have been bad. 
but through the through those ashes right through the through the devastation of that normal market cycle more newer and better companies would have risen rather than the government and the central banks propping up these zombie companies that all they do is just suck out suck out lifeblood from the economies right so again you either choose bitcoin and if you're against Bitcoin, what you're doing is you're su supporting people like Christine Lagarde, right? Those are literally your two options. I know a lot of you aren't going to believe me. They're going to say gold. They're going to say this. They're going to say shit coins. If you really look into it because of Bitcoin's decentralization, right? You really have another option, an alternative to central banking, which doesn't get rid of wealth inequality, but at least it gives everyone a fair shot. Unlike the alternative system of central banking. Anyways, Phil, what are your thoughts? Great to be back. It, it's really, you know what? While we were doing the spaces, um, it, it seemed like everything was going into each other, the news and the fails. And it seems like this week we're, we're just carrying that on. Um, so look, a couple of points. Through these monetary mechanics, the powers that be aren't allowing real market cycles to play out. I mean, plain and simple. So, you know, this business, this fear that Christine Lagarde is trying to draw to draw up, right? That, you know, this would have been devastating what would have happened. Um, we By not allowing these market cycles to play out, the bubbles keep getting bigger, which means that the catastrophe that we will most likely um, incur is going to be massive. It's going to be of epic proportions. It's going to be much worse than any of the natural market cycles that we would have gone through. Um, the other point I want to make is during that video, she says that we don't regret what we did, but that was four months into my job. Did did she really want to have said that? I mean, I, I want you to think about that. Like, <laughs> it's like you, you can't blame me. I, I haven't been here long. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, anyways, I, I kind of feel like I was in elementary school there for a second. Um, and the the last point uh, that I want to make is about BlackRock. It's interesting that you brought them up. Do you know that last week they put out an article um, to dispel some of the rumors that they are buying up individual homes? But they so are. That, that, no, I know. But, but, but they're not. Because we, we wrote this article and we showed you how we're not buying these individual homes. So and they got ratioed, by the way, on, on that tweet. Good. So it was it was pretty funny. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying, look, um, th this was a, a totally cringe video and it was embarrassing for Chris. So, so, so check this out about what I talk about, the, the increase in wealth inequality because of the Keynesian economics and the money printing and because the average Joe can't benefit from asset inflation. It's not only me saying that. Our friends at the World Economic Forum are saying that as well. Economic inequality has deepened during the pandemic. That doesn't mean it can't be fixed. Their way of, you know, fixing the wealth inequality is by more centralization, more control. Our fix of, you know, bettering wealth inequality is never going to go away, right, is to get the hands and get the monetary policy out of the hands of the central bankers. The World Economic Forum is the problem. The European Central Bank is the problem. They have caused the mess that supposedly now they're trying to fix. Anyways, Brett, what are your thoughts on this, my friend? Well, the World Economic Forum, they told us that you know, we will own nothing and be happy about it. And then they show that guy, he looks really happy on their original video, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, the money printing is indefensible and we just keep seeing it over and over again. And they're getting to a point where people are starting to figure out 
that there is no way to uh, keep this up. I think, you know, you know, if we look at where we're involved in this, we look at this, we think about it. I often think about like, what about the other 90 plus percent of the world that doesn't consider money printing, doesn't realize that their purchasing power is diminished with every dollar that is printed, um, doesn't realize that when they do print money, it's not equally distributed. Um, I hope that there are, they're figuring it out the hard way just by, you know, the price of goods going up and, and rapid inflation, um, that their purchasing power is diminished. And you're right. There is no uh, way to afford a home in the U.S. these days unless you're, you know, really far away from, uh, you know, large communities, uh, you know, and, and, but even there, it's just with the interest rates increasing, it's hard to get a loan for a lot of people. Um, and it's, you know, the, the, the money printing uh, disease is spreading worldwide. You know, it starts here and then it wait, makes its way to the other, uh, you know, first world countries and then second world and third world. And they're all just printing money like it's the only solution for things because they have no other levers. Rather than let things uh, just achieve stasis, they don't have hard money. So they don't they don't. It's too tempting. Right. It's too easy for them to print money. So that's what they do. Um I often think what would happen if they just stopped printing money? And I think, uh, you know, Phil, you're right. It would cause problems, um, but it wouldn't amplify them. The bubble wouldn't be so big that when it does pop, it's going to be so devastating. Um, and that's what with with Bitcoin, because it's a hard cap, it's a hard, hard fixed supply. You have to choose how you spend your money much more wisely. And I think that's the biggest uh, advantage of it. And um, and and, you know, them. Uh, hating on it and trying, you know, one hand, Christine Lagarde says, oh, you know, we don't own any crypto assets. She, I don't even remember. I didn't even see her being asked that. She just had to mm-hmm. put that out there. She wanted that to be a, a talking point for this talk, right? And then, okay, you don't have any, you tell people it's worthless, but then you want to regulate it. You can't have both. Uh, why, why do you want to regulate it if it's worthless? You know, that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, it's just more of uh, the same kind of rhetoric and lies and distractions uh you know they they want to blame crypto we don't want to blame bitcoin and then or any other cryptocurrency for the problems uh that they're creating so the solution is stop printing money that's it please please stop printing money absolutely and and they're not going to that's the thing like they're not going to do that which is why something like bitcoin is so important and this is what the shitcoiners fail to understand the 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 incentive to print money, to soften the blow and all that stuff is going to be so great that if you don't separate monetary policy away from the hands of humans, if you don't have decentralization from day one, the incentive is so strong for you to to change it if you can, right? And no other shitcoin has figured out how to do this and only Bitcoin has. And when I say shitcoins, I also include fiat currencies in there. But anyways, Phil, it's time for The Daily Fail. Brought to you by Swan. Check them out, swanbitcoin.com. It is a Bitcoin stacking platform by fellow Bitcoin plebs. It's the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with an automated Bitcoin savings plan and instant purchases and app to come the link is down below on the heels of that number segment and that video let's quickly dive into this article before we dive into the multitude of fails that is davos and the world economic forum but before we dive into that let's take a look at this article real quick coin in bitcoin doesn't make it money 
IMF chief Kristalina Georgieva. This is the uh, this is the uh, part of the timeline we're in right now. It's becoming these types of arguments. IMF chief Kristalina Georgieva on Monday cautioned against confusing crypto products with currencies and said anything not backed by a sovereign guarantee. You mean not backed by violence can be an asset class, but not a currency, as she asserted that Bitcoin cannot be money just because it it has got coin in its name. That this is this is the argument that, that we have now. Because it has the, the word coin in its name. Well that's it. It can't be money. <laughs> well, see why this know, matters. Huh? Look at the Euro. That doesn't have the word coin in it, or the British pounds. I don't see the word coin in there either. Uh, that is the silliest it's argument. It's strange. It's such a ridiculous. From, from, from somebody like this, it's such a strange argument. Anyways, at the same session, Central Bank of France Governor Francis Villeroy de Galho said, I always speak of crypto as assets and not as currencies. For any currency, someone has to take the responsibility, but there is no one in case of so called cryptocurrencies. Also, currencies need to have a lot of trust. And they need to be universally acceptable. This is this is just strange. They they've honestly brainwashed themselves into levels of stupidity that make no sense whatsoever. Okay, we're gonna finish this article off with experts believe CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, have the potential to reshape financial systems, changing the landscape of payments and banking. More countries are experimenting with CBDCs, and some are beginning to bring them to market, potentially offering lessons for the rest of the world. Yeah, we're about to learn. We're about to learn how countries rug pull their citizens digitally. This is what we're about to learn with CBDCs. Anyways, before we move on, do you guys have any any quick takes on this one? Dude, the only thing I'm going to say, I'm going to I'm going to point this out uh, once again, right, is that Christina Georgieva, right? She graduated from the Karl Marx Institute in her home country and check out what her degree was in uh, the politic, the po- the politics of of economics. What the f does that mean? And that perfectly look that 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 thing that you just rose perfectly represents her school of thought. Listen, I believe that money should be apolitical. This is the consequence of political money. And look at the inequality, and look at all the all the people suffering around the world because of political money. It's time for humanity to take the next step. Those are my thoughts. Brett, any yeah. thoughts on this one? Yeah, yeah. I'll add that you know I think it speaks to a larger picture of what politicians and and appointed uh, people like Christine Lagarde in those types of positions. She, I don't think she was elected, right? Um, what their role is, they are here to service the greater good. They are representatives of people. And with that spirit, they need to be thinking of their constituents and what is best for them, not what is best for them personally. And so we constantly see, I'm constantly curious on why someone says things like this. Like, did someone get to them? Are there, is their family being held hostage? You know, what is it like? How could they possibly defend these statements? They know. Are they stupid? Like, I, I, I want to know what people's motivations are for thinking the way they do, because I don't think it's as simple as, you know, they believe they, they believe that their uh, modern that their economic theories are better than hard money. I, I just can't see the other side. I've tried, you know, right. Like, why? How can they how can they? How can they say that with a straight face? It just it just doesn't make sense to me, man. It's frustrating. 
they are they 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 should be trying to make the world a better place, and instead they're they're just falling back on the same kind of statements and rhetoric that have gotten us to where we are today. And I just think energetically, from a uh, you know a goodness and a moral standpoint, that we need to make some changes. And it, it really the monetary system is a huge part of that. And you know the three of us know that, but I, I just can't see why some of these well-educated, well uh, schooled people. I don't know what their intentions are and what their motivations are to, to do this. It's just, why, why are we constantly fighting? It's like, it's exhausting, right? Like why do we constantly have to look at this stuff and laugh at it and defend it? It's just, it's frustrating. I totally agree. A hundred percent. All right. We are going to dive into the, I guess you'd say the uh, the thick part of this fail. Here we go. So Davos is meeting this week. That is pretty much the World Economic Forum gathering with their friends, telling everyone what to do. I went through, pulled together a few different tweets, and let's let's just take a look at the narrative, the hypocrisy, the hubris, the ridiculousness, the clown world that we are living in. And we are going to start off first with a tweet from Spinte at Bitcoin Crusader. Here we go. It's a conspiracy. No, it's not. They're saying it in plain sight. And here we go. Here's the uh, the leader himself, Klaus Schwab, with a little message for all of us. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. But two conditions are necessary. The first one is that we act all as stakeholders of larger communities. That we serve not our only self-interests, but we serve the community. That's what we call stakeholder responsibility. And second, that we collaborate. And this is the reason why... Makes very good points. Makes very good points. All right. So we all got to collaborate, right? Everybody's got to work together. You can't just think of yourself. You got to think of others. Okay, let's take a look at their climate change mission statement. Here we go. This is from the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum is committed to supporting global efforts in the private public sectors to limit global temperature rise and stave off disaster. That's right. We're going to fight the invisible, the invisible climate monster. We aim to work with leaders to increase climate commitments, collaborate with partners to develop private initiatives, and provide a platform for innovators to realize their ambition and contribute solutions meanwhile at the at the davos conference itself here we go the world economic forum we've got 1500 private jets averaging 13,300 pounds of co2 per three-hour flight will deliver the world's richest ngos governments and elite to decide what you will sacrifice and what they will gain that's right and they've actually built a whole entire little city specifically for the world economic forum so Talk about the hubris and the hypocrisy and the, just the double speak. It's completely insane. Moving on, moving on, because this does, this actually does get significantly worse. Let's hear some more tidbits of, of how our future is shaping up to be. 
We are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization everywhere and everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on online violence or the uh, right of data protection to the right to child dignity. We are finding... All right, so we're going to have to redefine freedom of speech. <laughs> and and what's interesting, too, is because the, the part about the child dignity at the end, look, let me be clear. I, I think that any type of, you know, because I know what she's referring to, any type of child pornography or, or child uh, exploitation online is absolutely horrific. But as we've seen, they're using that as an excuse to surveil every single message without the government, you know, uh, you know, without the government essentially saying what 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 they're surveilling and they're already doing that in Europe. And what we've seen from the government is it just starts there. It just starts. Oh, this is just for, you know, child exploitation. Next, it's the other thing. Next, it's the other thing. And remember the the when the Bank Secrecy Act was passed and that fa that infamous $10,000 rule, right, where if you have if you deposit more than $10,000 into a bank account has to be reported to the Internet. When that rule was implemented, $10,000 in the 19 in, in the early 1970s was the equivalent to $70,000 today. And now all this time has passed, and guess what? That that's that ten thousand dollar rule is still implemented. And last year, the Biden administration wanted the Treasury Department to force banks to to uh, to report to the government any transaction over six hundred dollars. Right. Mm. So remember, guys, this is just the foot in the door. Once they get you know any you know uh, complete surveillance to any you know, any of your text messages under the pretense of this is for the children. It, it That's just the beginning. We've always seen the government take a finger and end up taking an arm. Anyways, Phil, what, uh, sorry for interrupting the video. No, no worries. No worries. Let's continue on because it, it does it does get worse. So hold on a second, right? We're going to redefine freedom of speech. We have everything that Nico just explained. But wait, there's more. We're developing through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's, where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So, individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned, we don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. So, yes. oh God. So if oh, I was, go, go if ahead, I bro. was there and I, yeah, yeah. If I was there and I heard that the first thing I would say, oh, is this uh, offline so I can do it myself and uh, not, not on the cloud, you know, is this open source? Of course it won't be. It won't be open source. It will be cloud-based and everything you do will be uploaded to them. Connect, connect that with the fact that <laughs> Phil showed you that all these people are taking their gas guzzling expensive luxury cars, their private jets, but no, they want you, the peasant, to track yourself. That's right. <laughs> the hypocrisy of these people, this forum, right, is the personification of late stage fiat. This is what it has caused through the Cantillion air effect. And at the same time, there is hope because at the same time as this forum, 
there's also the Oslem Freedom Forum, which represents the Bitcoin future, the Bitcoin freedom future that we have if we fight for it. Coloring in the lines, of course. And then this is the alternative. This is the alternative of a of a of a future of fiat. This is an alternative of a future of CBDCs. Look at what Christine Lagarde just says. We just played it for you. These are the these are the futures ahead of you. There is no other alternative. A Bitcoin future of of a slightly inconvenient, um, slightly inconvenient freedom, or a convenient. Hey, you owe nothing, be happy, you'll live in the metaverse. This is what the elites want from you, even though that is exact opposite of what they want from themselves. And I just I just want to finish it off, okay, with this last video here, okay, from uh, Avi Yemeni. And he does, I think it's Rebel, what is it? Uh, yeah, it's Rebel News, okay, in Australia. This is, this is a great little clip, okay? He's essentially walking up to uh, what appears to be uh, corporate-owned uh, media personnel and asking them a simple question, okay? And you got to remember, it is a world of incentives, okay? So here we go. Let's just finish it off with this, and then we can riff on this. Rebecca, how are you doing from the New York Times? Can I ask you a quick question as Avi from Rebel News? How is the public meant to believe that the New York Times is here to actually ask the tough questions when you're here as an invited guest? How are people meant to rely on the mainstream media? We have, we, if you wouldn't mind, we're just having That's, a, a just, just, if you could give us, you know, thank you. No, I, you don't want to explain to people why we should trust the mainstream media? No? Of course, no comment. There we go. So. Dude, the 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 okay. hubris, the hubris of these people is insane. Phil, they're paid to be there. They're they're paid to be there. It is a world of incentives, and people should definitely check out the Rebel News uh, Twitter feed because um, he goes through and actually documents a whole bunch of essentially all these buildings that they're building from scratch specifically for these forums okay so it's exactly what you said nico okay it's it's a world of censorship for us it's a world of low energy just scrambling by for us the peasants okay so that the intelligent capable elite that deserve to have access to all the energy they want and all the resources they want they can enjoy this mm-hmm you shouldn't anyway, be taking up too much energy. Brett, what are your thoughts on this? Well, again, I mean, that whole conference, you know, why, why aren't, why wasn't Alex Gladstein invited to Davos to speak? You know, why, why don't they have alternative voices in there to, to speak out? And, you know, on the, on the other, on the other side, we should be inviting uh, the Christine Lagarde of the world to the Bitcoin conference. Defend your position, make a speech, talk about why Bitcoin's terrible. I'd love to hear it on the Bitcoin conference. She can't do it. That's the issue. So, yeah, it's all these uh, types of uh, shady uh, conferences where they some. What's the other one where they Bilderberg, where they don't publish uh, anything you're not allowed to talk about. The Bilderberg, I mean, right? Yep. The Bilderberg is, is not that different from this Davos one uh, from the World Economic Forum. One. What's what's the difference? Uh, we absolutely. don't know because there's no press coverage allowed on that one. Absolutely, man. These are these are the central planners and the world elites thinking that they know what's best for your life than you know for yourself. And the only thing that's stopping them, the only thing that's in the way is Bitcoin. 
but only if you take self-custody. But anyways, Phil, there was a- No, there was nothing! It's time for it! The Daily Meme Review! Brought to you by Citadel 21. It's the best Bitcoin cultural zine. It's stories, articles, comics by actual Bitcoiners. Pure pleb signal in these zines. Every zine has a different artwork. This is artwork for volume 10, and this is artwork for volume 11. It just dropped, and they're scarce. There's only a thousand physical copies made per volume. Gets your Get your prints of Citadel 21 today before they run out. All right, everybody, welcome to the meme review. Remember, guys, in this war for people's minds, this information war, memes are artillery. Anyways, check out this meme by fellow fellow memer and awesome labrahoddle 20 Definitely go give this guy a follow. Plebs memes enslavement. Ah! I, 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 dude, I, I coincidentally said about the function of memes in this information war, and there you go. There's a meme saying what, what I'm trying to communicate. Anyways, next one by Rothmus, five-year-old. I wish I had infinity dollars to give to people. Me, that would wreck the economy, the Federal Reserve. No, 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 he's got a point. <laughs> All right, next one is by The Rational Root. This is Recession, amazing. inflation, Fed. And this is something that we keep telling you guys that the, the Fed right now does not have a good tool right they raise rates you know they they start selling stuff off the balance sheet right that wrecks the economy but if they continue printing that that fake monopoly money guess what happens more inflation and that's that you know the fed is stuck anyways moving on Next one by Path to Madness. I think, again, screen serves as memes sometimes. They communicate information effectively. Screenshots, uh, I meant to say. These scam coins are getting crazier. Crazy. Once one, someone just shilled me. 27 trillion in circulation. Unlimited supply cap. Only one node. 25% of supply minted in the last six months. 1% of hodlers own 30%. Just kidding. That's the US dollar. <laughs> very, very true. Powerful. All right. This is funny because I tweeted this as I'm, I'm at the point where I'm trusting conspiracy theories more than the government. At least one attempts to tell me the truth. And some pleb, right? The flat earth theory, <laughs> me meteor hits, the, here, the microphone, the, the, the thing in the dinosaurs get knocked off and fly into space. Absolutely hilarious. All right. You know, Phil and Corey Clipson are competing for the title of the shitcoin slayer. It's weird because with this hair, it kind of reminds me of Corey, but Phil's in there. So it's a... It's a Phil Corey or Kafori Phil. Anyways, shitcoiners, history will not remember kings, not soldiers. Be careful, king of kings. First, you need the victory. And it's Phil in there. Absolutely hilarious. All right. Check this out. Um, and I'm going to kind of connect this with what Phil was talking, giving the shout out to Rebel News. This is the important of independent media this is the important of the internet it gives the common joe that doesn't have all those credentials right and this is why the biden administration rolled out the misinformation bureau they would like you to consume information only from the legacy captured media and the approved blue check marks right um this happens to be uh the the jack Posobiec. he you know he's an independent conservative uh, media personality. Here's the Hodge twins. And he got detained. Check this out. Not by the police, but the World Economic Forum has their own police force. And, and there in are, just so you know, Nico, there are screenshots of this zoomed in completely. No, no, so I'm, I'm going to go. I'm yeah. going to go to the next one. Oh, so okay, he's okay. wearing a World Economic Police. So think about it. Look, 
World deck and it's and it's two Rams. This this is uh there's a lot of symbolism there. I don't even want to get Phil started, bro. And Klaus looks like Doctor Evil. Like look at that. They have their own police force. Then think about it. Like the equivalent of that would be essentially the 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 Bitcoin conference having their own police force. No, they get they get Miami Beach police officers there. They get whatever. But the World Economic has so much power. That Switzerland allows the World Economic Forum to deputize a police force for when they're in Davos. That is absolutely crazy. And think about it. Their deputized police force happens to be checking up on Jack Posobiec, someone who's not covering the World Economic Forum in a positive light. Unlike the New York Times that happened to be invited there. Look, the last two years were the years that all those conspiracy theorists and all those people that they just gaslit and gaslit and gaslit. They, they, they've, uh, I don't know, Phil. They've happened to be right about a lot of things. Anyways, don't get me, don't let me go on on a tangent. For those memes, I'm going to give a very special score of this limited edition Crypto Cloaks pin that he sent me with the painting that I bought from him at the Bitcoin conference. Anyways, Phil, what would you give those awesome memes? All right, I haven't given this one yet, but I think the Bitcoin price is conducive to this score. That's right. There is a sale on aisle 21. Absolutely. Stack Great. them sats. Stack them sats. Brett, what would you give those awesome memes? A Bitcoin official spinner. Whatever the word for this is. Three axis. Fuck, fuck yeah. Love awesome. it. Love it. Looking good. Looking good. Those are some awesome, awesome memes. Look at that. Spins and everything. Guys, we want to know. It's, it's great. It's great. Anyways, guys, we want to know if you agree with our scores, you disagree. Let us know down in the comment section. Let us know what you think. It really helps with the mysterious YouTube algorithm. So comment, comment, comment. Of course, make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms for obvious re reasons. We do talk shit about the World Economic Forum like Rumble.com and our personal favorite BitcoinTV.com. And of course, guys, join our awesome, awesome Telegram group. There's a party in there. There's plebs pointing uh posting memes you could too it's really freaking awesome the link is down below but anyways phil there was an uh, no no it's time for the daily news brought to you by cryptocloaks.com they make some of the best 3d printed bitcoin merch like the famous 3d printed bitcoin grenade toy comes in any custom color your heart desires you want it in gold peter shift colors you want to piss them off you can get it in gold but only on cryptocloaks.com they also make the famous 3d printed bitcoin honey badger opens up you put your favorite hardware wallet in there only on cryptocloaks.com all right guys so this happened while I was gone, um, but I have to cover it. This is extremely important. And remember, we're going to give you the simply Bitcoin angle. So whatever you heard about this, you're not going to hear again. Uh, you're not you haven't heard before. Better said. Anyways, check this out. China makes a comeback in Bitcoin mining despite government ban. And why is that? Why is that? The Chinese people are willing to go to jail. To mine Bitcoin. And this goes back to something that I've kept saying on this show and why I believe, and I know this is why Phil believes this as well, and I'm pretty sure Brett believes this as well, but I'm not going to put words in his mouth. 
incentives are stronger than coercion. This is something that the central planners are having a really hard time grasping. This is why you see Georgiana, the head of the IMF, the head of the European Central Bank, saying Bitcoin is not money. Bitcoin is not money. What they don't understand is that the incentives of Bitcoin are stronger than their shitcoin fiat money. So they could pound the, the desk and say whatever they want. But the matter of fact is that Bitcoin that Bitcoin provides better incentives than their shitcoin, which is why you see people in China taking the risk to mine Bitcoin, even though they might go to jail. Because again, those incentives are stronger than their shitcoins. China makes a comeback in Bitcoin mining despite government ban. The, the U.S. accounted for 37.8% of global hash rate, a measure of computing power used to extract, uh, extract the digital currency between, compute, between September 2021 to January, according to the game, uh, Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance. In a report released on Tuesday, the hash rate also responsible for securing the Bitcoin network has made a strong comeback to new highs after f f uh, falling last year. Following the mining ban in China last year, the country has seen a sudden surge in activity through covert mining operations and has reemerged as a major mining hub, grabbing 21.1% of global hash rate, according to CCAF. This strongly suggests that significant underground mining activity has formed in the country, which empirically confirms what industry insiders have been long assuming. By the way, I would like to say that simply Bitcoin is industry insider because that's the case that we've been mining since the, the, that's the case that we've been making since the so-called China ban. In fact, when it happened, we we're saying, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably still there. And that correlates to essentially what my friend, remember, I, I, I got an opinion from someone who was living in mainland China. And this is exactly saying what we were suspecting. The CCAF wrote in the report in May 2021, Beijing intensified its efforts to curb the cryptocurrency market it seems covert mining is still happening in china through rooted uh though rooted through virtual vpns that make it appear that computers are operating in another country um but check this out right you can't always trust um the data and the reason for that and this article does a really good job zach vol zach voel he's going to come on the show and, and talk a little bit about this and why is that why did the reporting get so catastrophically wrong this article goes on to put it differently the data is not reliable to put to be clear the problems with ccf methodology are not on its own mining data is outstandingly difficult to accurately collect similar mining data sets built by the newly launched bitcoin mining console also receive some public criticism for the accuracy of their methodology. If, if anything, the continued work by CCAF to report mining data services to expose many of the un unavoidable issues with collecting accurate and representative data from Bitcoin mining. So that was very complicated. What does any of that mean? That means that the, the initial reporting that 0% of the hash rate was located in China was driven by a narrative rather than data. And the other signal that you have to pay attention to based on that Zach Vowell article is how difficult is to detect where the location of actual miners are and what the Cambridge hold on, let me pronounce it, with the Cambridge Bitcoin Electricity Consumer Index fails to report 
accurately is that they get their data based on what the IP location is of the mining pools and self-reporting, right? So what does all this mean? Why should you care? You should care because of look how difficult it is to detect where miners are based. And why is that good? That's a good thing because if the government wants to shut it down or the state wants to shut it down, they don't even know where it's at. So what are the bullish takeaways? Bullish takeaway number one is the Chinese Communist Party. You can make an argument. One of the most powerful governments in the world failed to shut down Bitcoin. In fact, make it stronger. If you take a look at the hash rate, the hash rate is higher today than when the, buy, the mining ban took place. And takeaway number two, it, the reason it's so hard for them to shut it down is because it's all through the internet. If it's all through the internet, it could be through Tor, it could be through uh, VPNs. So overall bullish news, sucks for you Chinese Communist Party. What you did is made the honey badger inevitably stronger. Phil, what are your thoughts? Okay, yeah, it just got me thinking though that, you know, since their numbers weren't necessarily real to begin with, how much of that hash was really lost? And then it starts to make you think, what if the hash drop was really just a, a show? No, 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 no. Right? It, 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 it was. <laughs> the hash drop was real. And what I suspect would happen was that the 80, the 80, maybe 70% of the hash rate coming from China was from over the table Chinese miners, big mm. data farms, and those actually did relocate, right? Yeah. But the, you know, the underground, right, the home miners like it is in the United States, or perhaps, you know, those corrupt government officials near the, you know, the dam provinces with extra standard and electricity in China, they weren't reporting in the first place. But because of the media reporting saying, hey, China banned Bitcoin mining, the Cambridge, uh, you know, Bitcoin index or hash rate index, you know, thing, they reported it as if that was factual. But what they didn't take into account is the fact that Bitcoin is highly mobile. It's so hard to track. And that is a feature and not a bug. It's incredible. This is incredibly bullish. I hope I, I gave it a little bit of justice explaining it the way that I did. Yeah, um, people... I'm yeah. sorry, I just want to finish by saying people really need to understand how resilient the Bitcoin network is, okay? Like, if people understood just how badly China wanted to stop it, or at least gave the impression that they did and are not able to, and here we are a year after the ban, I think it's like a year and a month. Yep, and the hash rate is making all-time high. All high, and people are still mining in China. Bullish. Anyways, Brett, what are your thoughts? Oh, super, super interesting story because, yeah, it is hard to report where the origins of miners are with the with VPN and Tor. You can pretty easily hide that. It warms my heart to think that Chinese miners are going against their government and mining anyway. I mean, they tried when you try when a government tries to ban something like they did in the, this country with alcohol, with prohibition over 100 years ago. What happened? People wanted to drink anyway. And so they did. And it all just went underground. And they said to the government, we're not going to comply with this ban. And so when I see Chinese miners doing this, wow, I love it. I'd like to see more of it. I love that they they successfully use VPN and Tor. And if they spread out their mining electricity and not get not have a fingerprint where they could be detected for you know spikes in electricity, however they're doing it, they're doing it great. And yeah, it's we're never going to know the numbers, though. I mean, they really 
<laughs> without origin IP, there's no way of knowing. And there's that no is way. and that is a feature, not Absolutely. a bug. Anyways, yep. moving on to the last piece of news, something that we missed while I was gone. Phil did cover it though on the spaces. Phil covered both things that I'm covering now on the spaces. We're just getting a little bit of the Nico perspective. Phil's yeah, exactly. No, this is good. More info in there, and of course, we have our awesome. Uh, we have our awesome guest, Brett. So anyways, check this out, as you guys have know, but we're going to give you a little bit of a different angle. Bitcoin, Bukele, and a bevy of central bankers meet in El Salvador. And here's a picture visualization of what countries, right? Central bank delegates from Ghana, uh, Burundi, Jordan, to the Maldives, and Pakistan to Costa Rica arrived in San Salvador for the conference upon El Salvador, President Naim Bukele's invitation. El Salvador is proud to, and this is uh, Naim Bukele's tweet, uh, El Salvador, or sorry, the 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 central banker of El Salvador. El Salvador is proud to receive representatives from 44 central banks and financial authorities to learn about the implementation of Bitcoin and its policies to promote financial inclusion. Here's a couple pictures, right? Like the bread and woods thing. This is uh, the Bitcoin bread and woods or the Bitcoin Satoshi Woods. Um, so, and here is a picture of the central bankers actually using Bitcoin. So, absolutely badass now here's the angle that i'm going to give to you guys right look it's what we've always been saying this revolution is going to happen from the ground up countries that least benefit from the legacy financial uh system meaning countries that are forced to hold dollars because they have weak fiat currencies right because they hold dollars, or even worse, like El Salvador, like the country of Panama, like the country of Ecuador, actually use the U.S. dollar as you know their their unit of account, their 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 legal tender. For those countries, remember their monetary policy is even decided by their own central bank. It's decided by the U.S. central bank, by the Federal Reserve. Meaning, if the U.S. prints money like they just did with those 40 billion additional dollars that they're sending to the Ukraine, all of those countries get poor. They have to foot the bill because of the U.S.'s foreign financial policy, or foreign policy, right? They have to foot the bill. Bitcoin allows them to opt out of that and say, hey, I don't really care about the situation in Ukraine. I just need a money so that my people could transact, right? Or for so for their, you know, country's treasury to at least, you know, pay for some of those countries' bill. So this is why this is so powerful because you have 44 countries that least benefit from that system and they're deciding potentially a bread and woods or a Satoshi Woods, a bread and woods 3.0 with Bitcoin, they're deciding, hey, uh, perhaps we should opt out of this madness. And as Bitcoin's game theory continues to play out, as NGU technology continues to uh, to you know to go by, what you're going to see is more of these countries are going to decide to follow El Salvador because they're going to see the decision that Naim Bukele took was a good decision for the people of El Salvador. And for countries that don't decide their monetary policy, it will be a good decision for them. So right now, when Bitcoin's down from all-time highs, Naim Bukele doesn't look that smart. Michael Saylor doesn't look that smart. But let's have that conversation in four years, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a whole lot different. Anyways, Phil, what are your thoughts? 
you know, we need to remember how old the, the fiat system is, right? Bitcoin is only 13 years old. So we are indeed early in the in the adoption process. The reason why I'm explaining this is, is exactly what you just said, Nico. Some people right now, based on our current timeline, yeah, right? Not everybody looks like a genius. But the thing is, is that when you zoom out and you look at the bigger picture and you see that Bitcoin is swallowing all of the value, it's a no-brainer. And of course, as we've said in the past, Bitcoin's game theory continues to play out. The countries that need it the most, the countries that require a better money the most are going to opt into Bitcoin first. So this is really, you know, this is really cool stuff, right? That we had those countries, uh, you know, all get together and, you know, go to El Salvador and meet up and discuss these ideas. Don't get me wrong, but this seems like a much more open forum, a way more, quote unquote, inclusive forum than, let's say, something like a Davos or something like a World Economic Forum. Um, so to me, I think that it's exactly, you know, it's exactly as you mentioned, the uh, uh, Bretton Woods 3.0. Uh, I think it's going to be better than any of that. I really do, because, again, we've never had a hybrid asset like Bitcoin. We've never had anything in humanity like Bitcoin. So our level of understanding changes pretty much almost daily. Absolutely. Anyways, definitely bullish. Brett, closing thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'll add that uh, it's inevitable. There is no alternative. So, yeah, I'm glad that we're seeing progress. I would have liked to have seen another country uh, after El Salvador adopt Bitcoin as a currency. We There's haven't three. seen. There's three. Well, which there's, ones? There's Central African Republic and there's right. Panama. Okay. I'd like I'd like to see it in a larger way. Uh, Venezuela, I think I think that would be the best one. Let's see yeah. it there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it is inevitable and uh, it's just a matter of time. So countries can either uh, fight it or they can get on board. But there is an alternative. If they keep doing what they're doing, things are going to get worse, not better. If they switch to Bitcoin, things will get better, not worse. It's Absolutely. that simple. It's binary. It, it's really, really that simple. I really strongly believe that you're going to see guys as as ngu remember the price going up it you can't no matter how much they try to spin it and christine lagarde and the head of the imf say this is not a currency the ngu technology does this thing remember the ngu technology most people 99 percent of people they get into bitcoin because they think they're going to get rich that's how you get hooked and then once you're in it, once you have a little bit of money in Bitcoin, then you start asking questions and you realize this is not about getting rich. Well, some, to some people it is, to each their own. It's really about the revolution. It's really about tearing down the central banks peacefully. And this is what it's all about. But anyways, Phil, mm -hmm. there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out. CypherSafe.io. Paper is dead. It's not secure enough. Store your seed in the Cypher wheel or the all-new Cypher grid. They both come with the tamper-resistant wire, and the grid comes with a punch tool. All right, we've got Sparrow Wallet version 1.6.4 that was released. It's down below in the show notes. Don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. If you want to stream a sats, check us out on Fountain.fm. You could stream a sats through Breeze. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, before we go, I want to give a very, 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 very special shout-out to our awesome clothing sponsor, 
you can go check them out represent ltd.com phil and i wear the hoodies every single day this is the camo one that says represent phil has the bitcoin swag he's going to be coming out with more bitcoin swag soon as well as simply bitcoin merch you can check it out 10 percent off with the with the promo code down below represent ltd.com i also want to give a very special shout out or awesome awesome buddy of ours his name is brett morrison you can go give him a follow on twitter at brett at morrison brett he is the ceo of vote org to ensure a true democracy what's needed is an open so open fully digital tamper-proof verifiable system true vote is designed to fill that need definitely go check it out we'll put the link down below guys that was our show if you enjoyed the show you know what to do smash that like button smash it smash it of course if you want to continue here in the bitcoin news from the plea pleb perspective and the catastrophic fails from the same perspective definitely consider subscribing to simply bitcoin and we'll see you tomorrow guys for a brand new episode the world economic forum davos should be renamed to the big top circus of sad clowns We'll